Hi, I'm Siobhan Hunt, and this is Kindling Conversation, a Kindling Kids radio podcast. Just a quick note before we get into the next episode. If you haven't already, I'd love you to rate and review Kindling Conversation wherever you get your podcasts, or if you enjoy the episode, share it with your friends. It's always great for more parents to hear these stories and get the information. All right, thank you, and on with the show. At the end of 2017, almost five years of the Royal Commission into Institutional Responses to Child Abuse handed in its final report. In total, it contained 409 recommendations. If you're like me and were listening to the different stories across the years, 409 might sound a lot, but there were so many stories and so many things that were going on. It makes sense. But... What does that mean for us as families? What do the recommendations mean to the institutions that they're directed at? What are the next steps? And who is committed to implementing the changes? Further to that, I think as parents, what we want to know is what do we need to be aware of to protect our children? Jeffrey Taylor is the General Manager of the Child Abuse Prevention Service. Hi, Jeffrey. Hi. So as a parent, one of the things when it comes to child abuse that I have read a lot about is that the most likely perpetrator of abuse will be someone that I know and trust. So when I think about that, my first thought is about friends and family, Mm -hmm. because that's what I've read. Now, the commission was looking into institutions. How do we sort of equate that in our head as parents? Do we need to be mindful more of institutions or of people... I mean, I know we trust people in mm-hmm. institutions, institutions as well, but do you know, see where I'm coming from? I guess it's a, it's a difficult uh, scenario for anyone, parents included, to digest and understand um, the risks out there for all their children. Uh, the Royal Commission was specifically targeting institutions, as you've quite rightly said, because of the issues historically that had come out over many, many years and had been covered up. The whole process of, of that commission was to uncover to bring out in the open and have uh, the truth come forward rather than the cover-ups that, uh, uh, in this case, there's a whole range of um, religious organisations and institutional organisations that covered up their own staff members who were trusted, who were people who knew them were taking care of their kids and they were in the situation where um, they ended up not being able to trust the institutions. So what's happened is uh, the Royal Commission's uncovered this whole range of information, had lots of people come and tell their story. What that means for us as parents is that we need to be aware of what's happening with the organisations. We put our children, childcare centres, schools, scout groups, um, clubs that we uh, enrol them in, sporting organisations. What we need to know is are they actually going to implement the Royal Commission's recommendations as 10 standards they've put out there, um, which have been bandied around for a few years, but the Royal Commission saying let's institutionalise those standards so that there's no, or minimise the risk, we can't make it no risk, but minimise the risk and reduce the chances of this horrendous events that happened to these uh, people over many, many years happening again. We want to prevent it. And that's where the Child Abuse Prevention Service steps in as well, because we provide uh, education to parents, education to 
teachers and uh, the workers in the field that are working with kids and the children themselves to empower the parents, the families to know what to do. So those standards, the 10 Uh standards you're speaking of, is there a place that you can go and read what they are? So I'm assuming that those standards, we should know what they are as parents so that when we go to, say, a scout hall, Mm -hmm. then we can say, okay... I can see that they're doing these things. Ideally, yes. Uh, The Royal Commission has got them published in their uh, findings and also in their recommendations, and they've got the website available for people to look. However, um, the Child Abuse Prevention Service is also hosting the Safe Children's Conference in March of this year, 2nd of March, at the International Convention Centre in Sydney. And Commissioner or former Commissioner Fitzgerald will be speaking about the recommendations and the standards and the whole process that happened. I would encourage everyone to to come along, get their organisations that their kids attend to come along and get informed. The more informed we are, the better we're in a position to actually, as you quite rightly point out, check to see whether the the organisation our kids are uh, attending are actually meeting those standards. These are all recommendations at the moment. The federal government has to uh, put in place a whole range of oversight processes first. But we as parents, what we can do is start to ask, is our scouting hall, is our church group, is the youth group our children attend, is the childcare centre our children attend, are they aware of the standards? Are they actually looking at implementing them? Not just making sure the working with children checks are happening, but they're right from the, the top of the organisation, is the management aware of the child safe standards? Is the organisation implementing them in an appropriate way? Do they have the policy and procedures? Asking the right questions, the parents will be able to see whether the person they're speaking to from the organisation has the answers. Obviously, we need to go away and work out what, look at what those <laughs> 10 things are. Yeah. Uh, but are they practical things? Like, for example, I know um, in, in schools, for example, that teachers can't be alone with a child with a door shut. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know that, but that's what I've heard, or that they, they aren't, aren't able to touch them in certain ways. Are these the sort of recommendations, or are they more systemic because they were looking at institutions? Yeah, initially uh, these standards are systemic, and there's the broad standards. What the uh, recommendations have also suggested is that the federal government institute a child-safe um, foundation or organisation that oversees the standards to make sure that organisations meet the criteria. So the standards are broad. So for instance, uh, they're talking about uh, child safety is embedded in institutional leadership, governance and culture. So then they've got a breakdown of how that would be measured. So there's a a whole range of subcategories, I guess, that sit underneath that that one standard. Another standard is uh, children participate in decisions affecting them and are taken seriously. And that's so their voice can be heard. So the organisation would be asked, how do you implement that? For instance, if there's a complaint, how is a children's voice taken seriously? If they've got a concern and they've raised it with someone, what does the organisation do to respond to that, taking the child seriously? Not just dismissing it or covering up as historically is is what we've known happened. Now, there have been different responses in the media to the recommendations Mm -hmm. and, you know, the Catholic Church was one mm-hmm. of the key institutions that was investigated in yes. the commissions, um, in the Royal Commission. And some of the recommendations about the confession, there was some reaction to that. But mm-hmm. generally, are we finding that institutions are embracing the idea of these 10 standards? I believe they, they will. I mean, this is there's a whole 
range of processes to be rolled out. So the government has to then uh, table all the um, the voluminous <laughs> response uh, from the Royal Commission. They have to then look at the standards, look at the recommendations that's being put. As you said, quite a number of recommendations. In fact, the, the document I've got here is 114 pages of recommendations. Looking at those and then how can they implement them effectively across Australia? So it's not just state-wise or, or a local organisation. It's across Australia. And then how will that be monitored and managed? So there's a, a quite a number of steps that have to be put in place to have that. Each organisation has to take responsibility to respond to those uh, recommendations as well. So, uh, as you mentioned, the Catholic Church, so they will um, have their own responses. There's uh, In 2015, there was a redress scheme specifically aimed at the victims to support them to recover. Uh, in each of those institutions that are being specifically named, they will have to decide how they will ad- redress um, those victims. Uh, and there's a whole range of recommendations that go along with that. You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with Geoffrey Taylor. He's the General Manager of the Child Abuse Prevention Service. And we're talking about the Royal Commission into Institutional Responses to Child Abuse. The final report was handed in at the end of last year, but coming into a new year, I thought for parents, it would be nice to know what that means. It was such a long process, almost five years in total, And then, of course, there are 409 recommendations. So what does it mean for us as parents? What do we need to be aware of? And Geoffrey's been talking about the 10 standards that um, you can find on the Royal Commission's website, and you can also find it at the Child Abuse Prevention Service. Geoffrey, one of the things I think about when it comes to the 10 standards, and I I might be quite naive about this, but I think of the things that my my child has done, my children have done, Mm -hmm. for example, after school care Mm -hmm. or holiday care mm-hmm. or the childcare centre. And I've always gone into those places with the assumption that the child abuse that we were looking at in the Royal Commission was historic and that there have been changes to make places safer for our children. Is that assumption completely naive or have there been changes since this has happened and, and the, the findings and the standards are just about making it watertight? I, I think organized, state governments... Um, and, uh, for instance, a policing service and a whole range of organisations that are, uh, are familiar with the process that happened with the Royal Commission over the last five years have already started. For instance, the Office of the Children's Guardian have started looking at those standards and uh, putting out frameworks for organisations to self-manage and self-monitor to meet this, those standards. The policing services started to implement different ways of interviewing children, different ways of collecting evidence and supporting the victim rather than putting them on trial. So there's a whole range of changes that uh, existing services have already taken on board. The uh, working with children check, uh, for instance, one of the main recommendations is to nationalise and make sure it's all st- or standardised across Australia. For instance, in New South Wales, they're very good with the Working with Children Check. It's a really well-structured and well-managed system, but some of the other states have not been as equally so. The legislation in New South Wales has uh, very open and transparent communication around any concerns that you have about a child, so you're not uh, at risk of being prosecuted if you make a concern or make a complaint or make some sort of awareness around your concerns and transferring information between organisations. The legislation supports that about children and our concerns for children. So it's already in place. Things are happening. 
what we're trying to do, or the Royal Commission's trying to do, is nationalise it, make it oversight and monitored more efficiently and effectively. Uh, so we can be assured that our children going to, for instance, our childcare centre, um, if they're meeting the standards and operating the way they're supposed to, they should be safe there. It's about shoring that up. And then the recommendations also talk about prevention rather than reactionary after the event. They're talking about putting in place education for the parents so they know what to look for and how to manage. Education for the say, early childhood workers or the school teachers and how they respond. There's recommendations about putting into the school curriculum increasing awareness around how to protect yourself as a child and uh, how the parents can engage and support that children and the school. So with that, uh, there's a shift away from we've had this horrific historical events, we've identified it, it's been exposed, now let's prevent it. And that's the shift uh, in society. Which sounds amazing and very encouraging because you listen to those things. I mean, over the years, it just was very harrowing to hear mm. all of those accounts and then think, well, well what is the result of this going to be? Mm. Um, and we won't talk about um, the reparations for the victims because mm-hmm. I'm principally interested in for parents, how they can yes. help their own kids. What would you say, there are always people who will look at the sorts of changes being made to protect children and Incidents of saying, well, the child fell over in the playground and I wasn't able to comfort them or mm-hmm. people who are worried about that kind of, um, it, it wouldn't be my language, but mm-hmm. saying political correctness has gone too far <laughs> there. Um, how would you respond to that fear that people might have that protections that are coming in might make it less possible to help children in those situations? I think there's, uh, there needs to be an awareness around age and developmental appropriateness. The younger the child, the more physical contact they actually require for healthy development, whether it be the parent or the childcare worker engaging with that, that child. As they start to go into primary school, there is a, a shift away from that physical contact to that more language-based uh, support and encouragement and allowing the child to feel safe and comforted and supported to, to um, deal with the injury um, without it being um, isolated one-on-one with an adult and, and that child. So it's about bringing you into the nurse's station with other people around whilst you attend to their injuries, being able to support them in the appropriate space so that, one, the child is protected, and that's a primary goal, that the worker, who may well be concerned about their own safety in that situation, has other people witnessing the interaction so that there's protection for them as well, and that the organisation has the appropriate policies and procedures in place to an education and training for that staff on how to respond appropriately in those situations. I mean, I know that policies are important, but to me, the key seems the education and training Absolutely. for everyone, you know. Um, well, look, before I let you go, with um, if parents want to know more about how they can educate themselves, is your website a good port of call, the Child Protection, Child Abuse Protection Service? Well, we certainly offer programs um, and we, we can do that. We What we try and do is working childcare centres and schools so that we can educate the whole community around that child, not just that individual family or, or, or child. By doing that, it allows the network to support the child, not just one person, uh, which allow, which is actually a more efficient and effective way of um, supporting kids. So you can suggest it to maybe a childcare centre if they don't already Absolutely. know about you? 
That's right. They could contact us. We could set up a, a, a training for the staff, a training for the parents, and also some education for the kids, which is a three fun, engaging type sessions uh, that talks about good and bad touches, who's our network, who's our five friends that we would go to, what emotional responses they might have, and how to get support. Mm, so much there. Jeffrey, thank you so much for coming in and it's talking. It's been a pleasure. To us. Thank you for having me. That's Jeffrey Taylor. He's the general manager of the Child Abuse Prevention Service, and we'll pop a link up to that website on ours. Hi, we're the Beanies. Get your child off screens and into their imagination as we explore how bubbles are made, what's in a sneeze, Achoo! and what's with the weather today. Professor Know It All knows. Hello, Beanies. Hello. The Beanies, a podcast just for kids. Subscribe now on iTunes or listen anytime on the Kindling app.